0: You know, think about how many times I've said, maybe you've said, you know, I can't wait till we get back to normal. And in saying that, we're talking about the old normal, aren't we? And yet, this sermon series is going to push us to look at a new normal, which I can assure you we're entering into. A new normal. You know, the old normal sounds good on the one hand, but ultimately when we look at the old normal, it hadn't served us very well. And as far as the church goes... Churches all over are in decline. The world is looking elsewhere for answers and sadly the church has for a while been deemed as somewhat irrelevant and maybe even out of touch with the world. And friends, in the new normal we can't afford that. You know, I pray that the new normal has us coming and going happier and more joyful than ever before because we're living into our mission. We're focused on our vision. We're understanding what it means to love all people into relationship with Jesus and to challenge and love that which divides Rest assured, God is going to take care of COVID. But the choices that we have to make in the new normal are really choices we have to make. I love this story that Sarah read so well for us today. The story about Naaman the general and and, and God healing him from leprosy through the great prophet Elisha. You know, though it happened a long time ago, it is uh, somewhat striking the parallels that we see between that story and where we are today. I mean this Sunday. It points us to a new normal. And as we think of Naaman, we can begin to see that we could very well see ourselves in the picture. Well, we could call ourselves Naaman. And instead of leprosy, we could insert some of the diseases that are so prevalent today in our generation, such as cancer or, or AIDS or COVID 19 or depression or anxiety. The list could go on. We could even insert the universal plague that afflicts all of us, and that is sin, sin, sin in our choices that separate us from God affects all of us. You know remember the lyrics of that great hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, I love that hymn. And remember that that little uh, snippet of the text, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We are prone to want to take matters into our own hands, aren't we? And away from God's influence. We are prone to self-centered actions instead of loving in the way that God calls us to love. And you know, this morning, we need good news right up front. We don't need to wait till the end of the sermon for good news today. And so I want to give it to you. I want to serve it up right now. Here's the good news. Instead of the River Jordan and the waters of the river, let us think of the cross of Calvary. And that verse from 1 John 1, the seventh verse. The blood of Jesus, His Son. Cleanses us from all sin. You know, we're prone to be separated from God. But but what Jesus has done for us on the cross is what none of us could do for ourselves. The, The ground is leveled at the foot of the cross and all of us there are sinners and yet all of us there are ones for whom Christ died. There are no exceptions. Friends, my question is, do you believe this? Do you need a good cleansing this morning? I think I do. Let's look at this powerful story, and then I want to say a word from my heart. I want us to look at that verse, the first verse, Naaman... The commander of the army of the king of Aram was a great man, and in his favor with his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram, the man, though a mighty warrior, suffered from leprosy. I want us to look at, at at Naaman as this man who had great charisma. He was one of these who stood head and shoulders over the rest in more ways than just stature. He was one who really demanded a following because he, he was really great. An achiever. And, and look at all the superlatives that we have, even in this first verse about who he was. He was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man, a high-favored one with his master a winter. the Lord had given victory to Aram through Naaman, a mighty warrior, a man with God's touch on his life. And and yet there's that one last superlative that focuses the whole story, and he suffered. He suffered from leprosy. Underneath his magnificence and all there was that was so great, he suffered from leprosy. And leprosy in that day was like AIDS would have been back in the 1980s, 1990s. And and maybe we get a little sense of it if you've had COVID, you may know what I mean. I mean, it, 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 it has that distancing effect. Leprosy was worse because quarantine was for life. You went to a leper colony and there's where you lived out your days. Separated from your family and your friends and and, and from life as you once knew it in the old normal. It was a new normal and it was a bad normal because you would see yourself die as this disease ate your flesh away. Naaman, great as he was, he had leprosy. You know, often in the Bible, the Bible uses leprosy as sort of a synonym for sin. The implication is that both are highly contagious, destructive, and lead to death. Perhaps now you begin to identify more with the man Naaman. His leprosy would eat away at his exterior. But the question that we have this morning in light of of, of all our sin is sin eating away at us on the inside. You know, there may be some here listening today who who, 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 who know what I mean because they have a sin of of the heart. It's perhaps a memory of something that was done long ago and you just cannot escape it. It keeps beating you down. It keeps causing you to wonder if God's grace could ever be for you. Maybe your sin is very public and and it's a way of life and you just can't break from it and, and you feel guilt and shame because you can't. This is the picture of thousands, even millions of people in our society today. It is the reason many people deal with depression and anxiety and anger and sadness. Friends, the world needs what the church should be serving up. Grace and forgiveness. Peace and love. The world needs what we have to offer. Naaman needed healing. And so do we. Let's look at another verse, the second through the fourth. The introduction of a very key character in this story, even though we don't even know her name. Now the Aramaeans on one of their raids had taken a young girl captive from the land of Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my Lord were with the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went in and he told his Lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. Aram was Israel's northeast neighbor and foe. The two nations were constantly at war with one another. It was kind of that guerrilla warfare kind of thing, crossing the border and back again. And during the time of Naaman and Elisha, Aram was on a, an expansion program. Uh, they were feeling their oats. They were moving out. They were proud. And the Aramaeans, they... Conducted raids on Israel. And in one of those raids, they would capture uh, um, slaves and essence and bring them back. And this young maid was one of those. She was captured. With the background of an Israelite, she was captured as one who had faith in the living God. She was captured as one who knew where help was for Naaman. And she put away her bitterness. She put away her anger. Anything that was causing her to dwell on her past captivity, she put it away for him. She shared with Naaman's wife that there's a prophet in Israel. His name is Elijah. And he can call on God to heal the general. You know, thank God for people who rise above defeating circumstances and start differences and work and pray for the well-being of others. What an example is this young maid? And yet, Naaman, who is so like us, was at first inclined to reject the prescription that came to him, but he didn't have any options. This was the best thing on the table. And so... It was his nature to take things into his own hands. It was his nature to be in control, but he humbled himself, and he availed himself to Elisha. And Elisha, he didn't even come out to meet him, he just sent a servant out, and the servant came and the servant had this word for Naaman to be healed. Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. And that made Naaman so angry. He said this. I thought that for me, the great general he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, not mine, his. And he'd wave his hands over the spot and he'd cure the leprosy. That's the fix that Naaman saw in his mind. and That's the one he wanted because he was always in control. Naaman wanted God's healing, but he wanted it on his own terms. Oh, how many times have we been there? We want things to be better, but we want them on our own terms. In fact, we can work them out for ourselves and everybody should like it because we're so right. In the end... Naaman was forced to acknowledge that the only way really to find healing was God's way. And no matter how much money and goods Naaman could gather, it would never be sufficient. No matter how much political pull that Naaman had, it would never be enough. No matter how stubborn he might have been, God's way would have to prevail if he was to be made whole listen to this part I love this part another group of unnamed persons servants his servants approached and said to him father if the prophet had commanded you to do something difficult would you not have done it? How much more when all he said to you was, Wash and be clean. Truth wins out. Rationale wins the day. And Naaman was humble. Scripture says he went down. He went down. He became obedient. He immersed himself seven times in the dirty old Jordan River, even though there were better rivers where he came from. And according to the word of the man of God, he did so. And his flesh was restored to that like a young boy. He was given a new normal. What about the new normal for you? What about the new normal for me? What about the new normal for our church? What about the new normal for our country? What about the new normal for our world in this new year? Imagine what might happen if once again people could see the positive difference that Jesus and a relationship with Jesus makes when we follow Jesus completely. What a transformation. What a powerful change. And it happens when we surrender completely. Completely through the leading of the Holy Spirit to a God who is good all the time, to a Savior who loved us enough to be the symbol of death on a cross for our redemption. May it begin to happen here and now, this new normal. Uh, May it happen based on on, on that verse we love so much because we know it is so true when we humble ourselves and when we are obedient and when we, 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 we look upon God for our healing. So if anyone is in Christ, she or he is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. What if the new normal was all about a huge transformation, a powerful change? Maybe people could say about God's people, I want what they have. It's honest. It's true. It may not always be comfortable, but but it it has integrity. And and, and the, the Savior that they uplift, uplifts the values of love and hope and peace. joy which is what we so desperately need it will happen as we surrender completely as Naaman surrendered to everything that God has for us to be and to do now as I close I want to speak from the heart and I want us to pray together you know I believe it is out of order for this pastor to be partisan. I believe I sacrificed that. You'll never hear me promoting Donald Trump or Joe Biden or just name your favorite politicians. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna promote a party. I, I try to promote truth as we have it in the scripture knowing fully well that we have different understandings of where that truth takes us. But truth It's truth. I believe too it's a dereliction of my duty as a pastor to see things going on in the world and the socio-political world that we're in and not do anything. We are called to be out in loving relationships with God and with one another. As pastor... I call us to a higher standard. It's my job. I call myself to a higher standard. And Lord knows I fail too, as you do. God's grace is sufficient. Friends, let me now turn our attention to our country that has always stood tall throughout the world because of our principles and because of who we are and what we stand for. And we, like Naaman, have leprosy. We need healing. Because if we don't have a new normal, it's going to continue to eat away at who we are and and who God wants us to be as a country. And friends, the church is a very important aspect of the country. Does anybody know how we got this low or how we got leprosy? No. And we can speculate and we can blame and we can shift the focus and we can point fingers and we can post hate and we can tear down our institutions and we can destroy our freedoms and we can pontificate lies and we can stick our heads in the sand. But you do not know how we got to this point. There's plenty of blame to go around. We need to be cleansed. And we cannot cleanse ourselves. The good news is God wants to do it. God wants to cleanse us. God wants to heal us. God wants to make us whole. He wants to start with you. He wants to start with me. He wants to start with us. God wants to heal the world. And we have to get that. Don't expect God to give us some complicated formula for healing. Don't expect God to put out an outlandish price tag for this saving gift. Don't believe that God desires to keep healing from us. God wants us to have healing and He wants us to know it's a gift. Free. You can't buy it. It's not for sale. It's for you. Listen. It's simple. If my people, who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. 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 Why don't we? Wherever you are, you just bow your head and you listen to me as I lead us in this prayer. Lord thank you that I say your name out loud I stand am one for whom my sweet Lord Jesus died Now think of someone that you have hurt Lord thank you that and you say their name is one for whom Christ died. And think of one who has hurt you. Lord, thank you that, and you say their name, is one for whom Christ died. Dear Lord, thank you that Donald... Say his name is one for whom Christ died. And thank you that Joe, say his name, is one for whom Christ died. And say these names, Lord, thank you that Mitch and Nancy and Mitt and Chuck and Michael and Kamala, and Ted, and Raphael, and, and those who stormed the Capitol, and those who've marched in the streets this summer, are ones for whom you died in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. There's more to that prescription. My people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. What are your wicked ways? What are our wicked ways? Then, then. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land you know friends the Jordan River is one thing and it's a good place for cleansing the cross of Calvary is quite another thing and it will make you whole when we understand that we were not the only one for whom Christ died but we were one and so was everybody else sisters and brothers in the name of of the crucified, healing Lord, amen.